Hey, it's another episode of The Stare Down. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. Another good week of sports, guys. That's why we're talking on a Monday night. Uh, but lots to catch up on. Let's go around the horn really quick and find out what happened this weekend. Bill, St. Pete. Not a lot this weekend. Just played a little golf, uh, fighting this cold again that came back with a vengeance. And um, watching, man, I can't believe how much my ass was on the couch this weekend. Because I was watching a lot of sports. I'm sure you guys were the same way. But, I mean, you both have kids, so you have to do some of the kids stuff. Uh, there ain't no kids running around here for me, so it was uh, uh, 8 to 10 hours. No control. Well, let's on us, let's, so, let's go yeah, rewind good. a little bit, Bill. Let's uh, talk about your experience with your wife uh, at Game 4 of the uh, ALDS. Yeah, so that was um, Wednesday night? Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night. We picked up uh, cheap seats in the upper deck for 45 bucks. Mm. Day of the game, there were quite a few seats available, to be brutally honest. But a lot of fun. It was Verlander on the hill, and you know, you, you, you felt like it was going to be a tough game, but you just thought if you could get ahead early, just get an early lead. You know, That's what they say with the, the best pitchers. And they were able to do that early, and it was the place was raucous for the trop. Um, having a roof does make it seem louder than it appears, probably, if it was just drifting off into the air. But 32,000 strong. At the uh, trop is pretty impressive. When you know, average when I was there was fifteen thousand, maybe fourteen thousand. So, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, we stayed till the final out, and then it was um, Cindy timed it. It took us fifteen minutes to get back home. <laughs> walking. <Very cool. laughs> so, that's pretty good. Good, good. And you had a good day of golf uh, yesterday. Well, I, I think you had a bad day of golf, no. but Anthony, you had a fun no. day golfing, but not a. Yeah, that's it. I had a very fun day, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest of my team went second, third, and fourth again. Right. So you get free breakfast, right? right? I mean, so. <laughs> I got free breakfast. It was all good. Yeah. Nice. Todd, what about you, buddy? I know your your kids had a little homecoming uh, activity on the, on nice. Saturday night, right? Yes, yes. Um, similar to Bill, a lot of sports. Um, played a little tennis Saturday. Uh, continued to be playing well, which is a nice thing. It's it's not always that, that way, so that's good. And, yes, homecoming Saturday night. So uh, a good mix of sports playing, sports viewing, and um, family activity. So, Todd? Todd, is your first serve flat and hard, or do you spin them all the time? So that's a great question. I actually had this conversation um, after a match. It <laughs> used to be uh, – I used to pride myself on the big bomb flat, uh, paint it in the corner, um, mm-hmm. do side, go down the down the tee, add side, just paint it in the corner. And um, maybe I just – because of age, I'm sure, uh, and some other factors, it just didn't work it anymore. So what I've kind of adjusted to – is instead of going 100%, I, I, I go about 85 90% of what I think I should with a little more spin on it. And my first per- serve percentage has skyrocketed. And you win a lot of points when you get that first serve in, especially in doubles. Makes, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, because that second serve is going to come in pretty slow, right? Because you got to get it in. Slower. So. Um, I do probably hit a little harder than normal just because I, I have good confidence in my second serve. But that said, I also know I'm going to double fault more than average. But to me – the cost benefit. Um, I'll, I'll give up a couple double faults to get some good kick spin so, second serves in that are deep, right? To, to save your mate, to save your mate at the net <laughs> yeah. from getting hammered. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. yeah, I had an epiphany. I'm like, gosh, I just, you know, and, and I don't know if it's getting old slash I don't practice uh, way near I should, oh. right? So you go out cold on a Saturday. Um, I mean, yeah. So to answer your question, I hope that answers your question. But yeah, it's, uh, it's recently I've been I've been kind of pulling back a little bit and it's been successful. Not as fun maybe, but successful. I'm sorry. What's, like swinging a golf club, right? right. If you swing it as hard as you right. can. First, it, it, shunts. it doesn't work. Not always. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Well, Todd, I was just going to say the, the game, the game of tennis isn't really built for warm up. Like, you know, you it's kind of traditional, go to the golf course, practice putting, go to the driving range. Whereas yeah. tennis, you have to almost choose to, to hit balls with your opponent or, or your playmates. And, you know, I get, you know, there's not like, there's not like a, a, a serving range or anything you can go to. Right. Yeah, and and Bill, you can. I, I think you said Cindy plays or played a little tennis, right? Um, I played. I you played did a lot too. So one of my in my twenties. Okay, yeah. So one of my biggest pet pet peeves is it's warm up. It's not practice, right? It's it's yes. literally designed for you to get loose, spend fifteen minutes, yeah. and you have hit it back where the other guy can return. You have it. guys that are <laughs> that are warm up heroes that are just going for winners, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and get all your good shots out of the way. It's not scaring me, right? It's not scaring you it, one bit. Idiot. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah, like yeah. use it for intimidation. I'm like, you realize this is a Saturday rec league, right? 
<laughs> Win, lose, or draw, I'm gonna have a beer afterwards and yuck it up with my buddies. So, and, and, and by and the way, bit, you give me more incentive to kick your ass by doing this. So, many a day in golf where you've had uh, your range game and it, it doesn't translate to the course, right? Uh, and and vice versa. A lot of days where you somehow somehow just trunk slam it to the first tee, and and you, about six holes in, you start all of a sudden hitting it sideways. But your first six were right down the middle, and, and you know you're like, I'm not sure where this is coming from because I'm not really warmed up. Hey, does it ever happen real, uh, real quick? Does it ever happen that you start so bad that you kind of give up and you end up start playing well, or is it always a grind no matter what your uh, what your? And by giving up, meaning you just kind of you know, ah, I'm just having a bad round and just just let it fly and swing, you know, swing loose. Well, I would say most of the time it continues down the path you started on. Yeah. But I have the I, I have shot a seventy five with a triple on the second right. Hole. So that can happen. You don't you, you you know triple on the second hole. You're thinking you're done. Or more times, if but, it's bad, it's bad, right? Usually. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That's the way it feels for me, especially at my level. And how about you? Well, it, you know, I I just think it's psychologically interesting how sometimes you can make such a drastic swing between the ninth green and the tenth tee. Uh, you mm. know, I, I know it's a it's a matter of resetting. Mm. It's it's kind of a mental reset, and you know, uh, it it really is funny how if I play scarlet the tougher the two courses here at my home course, I can pretty much just write down a 43 on the front nine. Uh, and if I'm four over par on eight, I'll f find a way to go double, double, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm going to get to that, 40, policy, right? that 43, yeah. 44 number uh, somehow, some way. And it, so, but it's just, I, yeah. yeah, I think I agree, but once you kind of start where you're at, but you know, it's just so hard if you start with a couple doubles out of the gate, uh, you just can't make those up that easy on a big, on a big boy course. It's tough. So, Stuff for sure. well, let's talk about big boys and let's, let's start with major league baseball guys. Um, we are two games in, in each series. Uh, we are watching game three right now of the national league with Washington going into St. Louis and getting two games and not just getting two games, but really kind of really dominate both those games. Both of them were no hitters through the first five innings, mm -hmm. you know, just two, two big wins over the Cardinals and then the American League, uh, heading to New York City today is travel day, uh, and that series is tied 1-1 after a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 11th last night by uh, Houston after a, a crushing in game one, 7-0 uh, over Granke. Um, Bill, where do you want to start? You're a National League guy. You want to tell us what you saw on, uh, on the weekend in St. Louis? Yeah, there's a couple angles that are fun to examine. How about Bryce Harper um, not going to the World Series yet? If the Nationals make it, that's uh, that's going to be weird. But you, I'm sure you guys heard this stat. It, it was all over the, the, the interwebs that the last time two pitchers start, opened up a series mm -hmm. in a seven-game series and went five no-hit innings each, five hit, no-hit or more. Do you know what happened? You know, know who did it the last time? Annabelle Sanchez mm. and and Verlander with the Detroit Tigers in 2012. Wow. Really the same two guys. Yeah. The same two guys who, by the way, aren't with Detroit anymore. Mm. That speaks volumes for Detroit's leadership. Um, yeah, so that's that was very impressive. That good hitting, um, sorry, good pitching will always dominate good hitting. There's just no two ways about it. And the fact that um, you know they're throwing Strasburg tonight, who you know is no slouch and who's come into his own. He's kind of like really fulfilled that prophecy that who he was at San Diego State way back in the day. Man, it's very possible the Cards are down three love after uh, after tonight. Yeah, Bill, I gotta so, say though, yeah. I I'm not a fan of the Cardinals by any means, but this Jack Flaherty kid is good. Uh, yeah, I, you know I know that because he's on my team. Oh, is he? <laughs> okay. Oh, and I've got him long term for the next three years. So you Thank pay you. attention to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like him. I like Todd, him. did you catch any of the games over the weekend? And, and if so. What, what stood out to you? Um, I, I caught a little bit. Um, wow, Detroit just did a flea flicker, and they're down to the 10-yard line. Um, I watched a little bit, but, uh, Sean, I'm still, uh, uh, still licking my wounds with uh, with game game five last Wednesday. Oof, what a disappointment. Were you, were you there, Todd? I was not. I was home. Okay. Um, I do have a buddy who I work with who went to the game. The game first pitch was 502. And he was home by seven, seven, seven fifteen. Um, just, it was one of those games where it, I guess it happens, but it was. There's no clock in baseball, but it was, it was over. It was over early. Um, I can't, they they made a defensive substitution in the bottom of the first inning, the Cardinals, because they were they were up ten uh, nothing, right? Um, 
And again, Flaherty went. I thought they kept Flaherty in a little longer than they probably should have. Um, I guess you're up 13 nothing. You want to get him to five, six innings. But he plunked Acuna um, in between the numbers, right? Because he, I guess he was a little upset and wanted to send him a message. But then, then he, he took a bat the next inning, which I was just shocked. I was shocked that they let him hit. Um, luckily, the Braves um, traditionally uh, tend, tend to um, – maybe not retaliate as, as often as they should, but maybe it was the spot maybe next year uh, in, in July, they'll, they'll get him back. Um, I know Bill, you have some, some theories about uh, uh, old school baseball, but yeah, it was just a brutal, uh, brutal, disappointing uh, game five for Atlanta fans. So yes, I've been keeping track, but I have not been watching uh, pitch for pitch for pitch. If that's a long winded answer. No. Well, I just, you know, I watched the end of game two from Houston last night at the gym this morning. So I was watching, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of, you know, during one of the commercials, it says, you know, we fast forwarded in the action. So I don't know. Did you stay up and watch it guys? The end of the uh, Astros yeah. game? No. So it runners at first and second, two outs. Uh, Gary Sanchez just has a great at bat. Uh, t- takes the guy, I think nine, 10, 11 pitches maybe. And then on the third strike, he swings and misses at a ball in the dirt. Uh, and the referee or the ump called a foul tip. Uh, it was not a foul tip. Uh, mm. But it's not a review. Not even, not even, not close. even close. I mean, land the ball landed four inches in front of the plate. Then he swings. Mm-hmm. Then it goes off the catcher's glove. And so it, you know, with a hitting the ground and hitting the swing, you know, it just. But the but the ump missed it. The hinge comes out of the dugout and argues. That's not reviewable. Not reviewable. Nope. And, yes. And because there's runners on, <laughs> because there's runners on first and second. So many flaws in replay. So yeah, many flaws in replay. Because there's runners on first and second, it was no drop third strike, uh, oh. you know, play. So the next pitch comes in and Todd, it, it was four and a half inches off the plate outside and they, yeah. and he rung him up as a strike. And it was just, a, it was as clear of a makeup call as you've ever seen. Right. Uh, and Sanchez being, you know, uh, the catcher, you know, he was like, you, like he was, you gotta be kidding me. And then the next he was, pitch, he was, you know, was a walk off with a showboat finish by Correa. Correa. Oh yeah. Um, which, which I know you were hot about Todd, um, <laughs> but it was just, you know, it, it, it was the definition of makeup uh, calls, you know? Yeah. I'm sure one of the. I'm I know. Sure. I know. I, I I know the Korea thing was upsetting you as it happened, and you saw the replay the next morning, like I did. But, but I got to tell you that the play he made in the field in the sixth, you know, was unbelievable. He needed to showboat after that yeah. is what he should have done. Yeah. Um, throwing out throwing out Lemayhu at the plate was uh, just heads up. I mean, that's well, Bill, that's you saw a great, great uh, relay and throw out of the plate in your game four. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, th- it's called the relay yeah. here it's, now. If we if we advanced, it, it'd have a place in perfectly history. timed. And, uh, it was so cool, yeah. Because I, I, you know, I, I I'm fully aware of what's going to happen, and I'm watching Altuve come around third, and I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be a player or not. I just don't know, you know, because Kiermaier's throw is coming in, and he's well around the bag before mm-hmm. um, um, Adamas got that ball and just threw a strike, and uh, the tag was perfect. Everything, I mean, everything was absolutely yeah. perfect. It was cool. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah. Altuve, you know, knew it the second he heard the ball hit the leather. He just there's yeah. nowhere he could go, and 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 uh, Dar- Darno had his kind of leg perfectly positioned that he was going to have to go over his leg to touch the base. And, uh, yep. Just yep. A, a neat play. Love it. So we'll see what happens guys. And then, and then, you know, we should, we could know, we may know by the next time we, we record on Sunday, uh, who's in the world series. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously this series goes today, tomorrow Yankees are tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, and depending on that, you know, we, we could have the world series set by the weekend or it could go, Seven, but I think Washington, they take care of business tonight. I think 88% of the teams that win 2-0 on the road uh, have, have advanced. So, Go Nets, go Yanks, right? Um, yeah. And that's what's cool about wild card. I mean, uh, the Nets started the season 15-31, and 31, scrapped and clawed their way to a wild card, and now they're uh, in a good spot to make the series. So I think it's, it's you're never out of it, right? You're never out of it. So, yeah. Yep. Well, okay. unless you're the Miami Dolphins, unless you're the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> well, let's let's say what NFL cuz we're we're going to kind of throttle our time tonight um for for some personal purposes reasons, but we'll end with college football that Todd, that way we have a self-governor on our floor to talk. Um There you go. Uh let's start with the NFL. <laughs> uh Thursday night we saw New England go to 6 and 0. The only 6 and 0 team. We have one other undefeated team which we'll get to in just a second. But let me just run through some of the the highlights as I wrote them down uh in yesterday's NFL action and then we'll circle back and and talk about some of them. Uh, Panthers win in London over mm. a hapless Jameis Winston-led 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Belshi is shaking your head. We'll come Be back nice to that. Be nice to Bill. Be nice to Bill. Seattle over Cleveland in a really ugly game. Uh, Cleveland, as we kind of predicted a couple weeks ago, uh, just a tough stretch in there. You know, they had a horrible game against San Francisco on Monday night and then just looked like crap uh, on Sunday against Seattle and found a way to lose that game. Texans win in Kansas City in kind of the game of the day, uh, showing that Deshaun Watson and his team are for real. And uh, KC just not not going to win by rolling the ball out there. Um, Saints under Teddy Bridgewater, 4-0. Hmm. Uh, and uh, holding serve in the NFC South. 49ers go to 5-0, and the only other undefeated team uh, on a combination of offense and defense. But really their defense is playing fantastic with Nick Bosa. Uh, Falcons fall in a, in a game against the Cardinals. Uh, Cowboys lose to the Jets and the Chargers dig a too deep of a hole to come back in their patented Ooh. fashion bill uh, where yep. um, where their quarterback leads them back too late. Yeah, where, where Phillip Rivers is in the fourth quarter down 10 with six minutes <laughs> yeah. to go. It's every, every in this game. case down 20, 23, I think, uh, and scores all 17 <laughs> yeah. of their points in the uh, – in the. so let's let's circle back. And, and Bill, you said you were kind of watching. Were you tuned into the early game or were you on the golf course? No, we kind of heard the scores, and then we we watched the end of it at uh, breakfast after the round. Yeah, look, Jake, are you kidding me? Seven turnovers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh, man. And they're going against Kyle Allen? Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, but the, the defense of the uh, of the Panthers definitely made a difference in that game. Uh, and the, uh, the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. That's all I can say. And Jameis is Jameis. So maybe Cam Newton will be available uh, with, with <laughs> Kyle Allen having this. He's uh, he's 4-0 and as a starter. Right. so. Maybe we'll trade him. Jameis as a backup. We'll, we'll take Cam and try a different number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the latest scuttlebutt out of Tampa. Todd, you want to talk about you the heard Falcons? It here first. I mean, what's the um, what's the scuttlebutt there? Um, tough, well, tough, tough weekend. Tough weekend. Georgia sports, right? Oh, geez. Um, Let's recap. That. <laughs> yeah, can we talk more? Um, Arthur Blank put uh, the Falcons on notice. Said that three game test to uh, or, or changes will be made and. They're 0 and 1 um, after after that after after uh, week one. So just um, defense is terrible. Uh, offense came on late, and of course you got a 46 year old veteran that never misses an extra point, misses an extra point to tie to tie the game. Just an absolute brutal brutal way to to, to finish. And um, George is kind of getting a a little Boston Red Sox vibe as far as being cursed. Um, the Braves haven't won a playoff series in 19 years. Um, the do- the dogs, Georgia Bulldogs, tend to lose the same week that the uh, Braves get eliminated from a playoff series. Yep, five years, and, in, five times in a row now. Yeah, yeah and, and and Atlanta um, just continues continues to struggle. So, um, yeah, rough week for sure. Bill, any other games jump out at you? I mean, I, I was pretty impressed by. Um, the Jets' effort against Cowboys coming off a of bye week, you know, you expect them to play well. Uh, couldn't tell if the Jets looked good uh, or Cowboys looked bad. It's probably a little bit of both. Um, well, I, look, I was happy to see Kyler Murray have a good game, right? I think that's impressive because mm-hmm. um, he's he's definitely still, I think, a question mark. Mm. Uh, and and uh, so that one jumps out for me. I think the uh, Vikings shredding the yeah. Eagles, really taking care of that. That was kind of impressive too, yeah. so – their, their defense is good. Um, and, you know, that's weird, those two games I bring up because I have Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray on the same fantasy team. And I started Kyler Murray, so I did the right thing. Um, so <laughs> what else? Uh, how about the I mean, the Titans? What happened to the yeah, Titans? Yeah, they they're hard to I mean, watch. They are, they're, they're just brutal, right? So Mar- Mariota's out. He's going to be out, right? I mean, they, cannot, they can't continue on with him. They Does Tampa I mean, They're going to have to get another quarterback. I, we'll take Mariota and Winston. I mean, and, and Cam would be perfect. But man, uh, yeah. So that that for me, that's that, and you know, the Chargers just. Are you kidding me, Steelers? Are you kidding me? Look at we're we're gonna make Eddie Barenbaum's thing come true. You know, they were zero and three. Now they're two and four. Yeah. They're like a game out in the Central, probably, or something like that. Yeah. So, well, the yeah. Bengals lost, so I think uh, Baltimore. Uh, you know, but they're. They're not, you know, that, that, that division is is not going to get a home field, you know, they're only going to get a home field playoff game because someone has to as the division champ, right? Yeah. Well, the Ravens are 4-2, and two, you're right. So they've got to, you know, yeah. they're respectable. They've got a, a two-game lead, but, they, you know, if Cleveland can, you know, when we looked at the schedule, Cleveland's got to, got to finish strong with, with 
the Bengals and the Steelers and another game against the Ravens in Cleveland. Um, so they could, you know, at this point, you know, everything's still in front of them as far as sweeping the division. Um, Cause that's really their only ticket into the playoffs is winning the division. Uh, yep. you know. I mean, they still have games against new England after their bye next week and then Buffalo. Uh, so it uh, could be a tough stretch. How about, uh, how about the fact that the chiefs lost two in a row and they're both home games? Mm-hmm. That is rough. That's not something you expect to see. So when uh, Mahomes not being healthy, that's uh, that spells huge trouble for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's look ahead to next week. A couple couple games that just caught my eye as I looked ahead at week seven in the NFL. Um, Jags at Cincy. Uh, might be one of the last chances for Cincinnati to win a game. Uh, that caught are, your eye? <laughs> well, caught my, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Caught, I'm kidding. caught yeah. my uh, intestines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there not it is. a great game, but um, Gardner Minshew is fun to watch. But they just, you know, they just really struggle at t- times to score, uh, and I, I don't know why. Uh, but they, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati playing at home against a two and four Jacksonville team, they've they've got to figure out a way to win that game. Or once again, they could be on the struggle bus uh, for the season. But there's a couple other people on that struggle bus now. Obviously, the Redskins played against the Dolphins this week and won seventeen sixteen, um, pretty much probably ensuring the Dolphins might not win a game this year. Uh, with that one game there, uh, Texans that would, and Colts. Though. That would not break my heart, by the way. Yes, the so do they, go undefeated. Yes. Do they? Do they we, reverse we, pop we champagne? Will, That's right. No, we will on this I show do champagne. Don't toast jinx it. I don't want to even think about it. Don't, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Uh, <laughs> Texans at Colts. Texans at Colts. I think really sets up as a really good game. You got Deshaun Watson, who's playing at really a arguably MVP discussion level right now, and then Jacoby Brissett, who's mm. you know serviced himself well as the backup for Andrew Luck. Um, that's a, a huge game, obviously, in the AFC South. And then the cards at New York Giants. And I bring that one up because you got the top two quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft last year in Nashville, Kyler Murray versus Daniel Jones. Um, Kyler Murray obviously coming in with some some uh, two-game winning streak uh, over the Bengals and the Falcons. Um, and New York coming in off the loss, but they'll have 10 days to get ready for that one. That'll be fun. Um, we'll see, I, you know, once again, and possibly Saquon Barkley back for the Giants for that game, which will help Daniel Jones immensely. So that, that'll be a lot of fun to watch. By the way, the Falcons needing a must win to save the coach's life are going to entertain the Rams. So that's, that's an easy, easy win. Yep. The upset Rams, the pissed the off Rams. Rams coming off loss, right? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then I believe, the, are, right? I, I believe Sunday night, I don't think it's Monday. I think Sunday night is Dallas-Philadelphia. Um, wow. So yeah, good. I believe good, that's the good, good division uh, third or fourth division game for the Cowboys. Not sure why they their schedule is so front loaded with division games, um, but they they win that they're they're three and zero in the division. Um, so yep, yep, will be interesting. All right, let's 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 turn to college football, guys, and um, let's start with the early games on Saturday. OU beats Texas. Thought that was a fun game to watch. Uh, little melee before the game, two fights actually, mm. where both teams, every single player on both teams was assessed a personal foul. And in college football these these days now, you get two personal fouls in a game, you are immediately ejected. So the referees not messing around said, everyone gets a personal foul. Wow. The next personal foul in this game you get, you are ejected. So To the line, to the line. It took the whole, uh, you know, horns down controversy out, which can we just talk about that for a second? Uh, Tom Herman at Texas has cried so much about this horns down being disrespectful that is now a personal foul in the Big 12 if a player on an opposing team issues the horns down. I mean, this is not a throat slash. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, you saw, Todd, the entire Tiger Stadium doing the Gator Gator Chomp chomp. in in kind of mock. We we mock the Seminole Chomp. We mock Rocky Top. What what if I did the reverse Gator Chomp like this? I I started with the closed. (laughs) And I open, 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 and then I closed it, and it went open. Would that be okay? Can I do well, that? A, we're used to it. Yeah, we've. I just think it's, you know, I, I guess it's, you know, wah, it hurts our feelings. It's, you know, but well, I mean, if you if you get in someone's face and you know are overly, but a little flash of a horn's down. I mean, what's the harm, right? So, yeah, yeah. and um, let's see what other games. Uh, how about USC over Georgia? Let's talk about this one for a second, guys, because that was uh, it was fun to sit and watch. You know that one with Riley in the room. Oh yeah, um, you know cheering for a team. Uh, they get a pick six off Fromm. Fromm was just out of it all day, Todd. I don't know if you had your eye on that game at all, but Fromm just did not look like Fromm. You know, and of course that last drive at the end of the game, 
the announcers slobber all over him, you know, saying like, oh, that's the from we know, and here he comes. And But let's talk about the decision as South Carolina drives down with the tie game, 17-17. They get the ball across midfield. They get the ball to the, what, 44-yard line, 46-yard line, and mm-hmm. decide with 45 seconds to go in fourth down to let's try a 57-yard field goal. Mm. Um, what was your thoughts on that coaching decision? which in hindsight didn't cost him a game, but just didn't seem like the right play. Uh, I, I just think, um, I think these guys know their kicker. Um, and was he confident enough that this kid could kick a 55 yarder? I think the better choice would have been to go for it because if you miss a kick, you get the ball there anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. you go for it and stop. It's a net zero gain. Or you forget, probably the best choice might have been just to punt and just, hey, let's we're the away team, let's go to overtime and, and take our chances. So um, I'm assuming Muschamp knew that or, or felt that he had a chance to hit it at 55 yards. Um, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, not knowing that kicker, I mean, Riley probably knows better, but I didn't know if that was the, the smart play or not. Yeah, no, Riley, I think, knew immediately he was not going to be able to get the ball uh, either the distance and the direction. So it goes into overtime. Georgia gets the ball first. Second play, they throw a kind of an out pattern to the tight end off his shoulder pad and just drop, just a and, muff. And, yeah. and the North and the South Carolina guy intercepts it, meaning that all they got to do is put themselves in position to kick a field goal and the game's over. They mm-hmm. go three, three plays down to the center of the field and the kid shanks it, uh, misses it to the right. Um, the chance to upset the number three team on their own field. I think at that point in time, you thought, all right, here we go. Georgia's going to. Because now, remember, in in college football, they had to go immediately from offense to offense again, mm. right? So they get mm-hmm. it on the field immediately. They drive it down, though. They get it inside the the five-yard line, and they can't get anything. Then you have to kick in a field goal, go up 3 nothing. And Georgia, they stop Georgia 3 and out, and they bring in Rodrigo Blankenship for what should be a, what, 41-yard field goal? Six. And he, yeah. and he kicks it wide left. Uh, South Carolina wins at Sanford Stadium. Uh, upsets number three, Georgia, which has now turned the tables. A lot of people now picking Florida to win the East. Todd, your just thoughts on Georgia uh, losing at home to an unranked South Carolina team. So bad loss, obviously. Fromm didn't play well. I thought Kirby did not coach well. Um, I'm sure if, you know, there may be a, a Georgia listener who, who may or may not disagree, but I thought he did not coach well, called a really weird timeout as the play clock was expiring. Yeah. That would have pushed him back five yards. Um, and I guess he wanted to set up the defense, but there's no way they were getting South Carolina's getting that playoff. Um, <clears throat> hey, listen, great win for South Carolina. It's it's the SEC. You can never take a week off. Um, I think Georgia kind of hinted at this style and type of play and maybe some holes in their in their arsenal against Notre Dame, but everyone said, hey, Notre Dame's pretty darn good. Um, and I think um, I think uh, what we determined was is maybe Georgia has some 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 gaps to fill. So, um, Sean, you mentioned Florida's now uh, in the driver's seat. There's a little team called Missouri who's undefeated in the yeah. SEC East that both Georgia and Florida have to play. So that might be a little premature. I mean, you know, Georgia, if, if they went out, they, they still can – can make the college football playoffs. Look, all three of the teams you just mentioned have their destiny in their hands. They yep. all three uh, determine who's gonna gonna play. And um, South, oh yeah, South Carolina lost to is South Carolina undefeated in the East. No, 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 no. They lost to they someone. Beat, I could look it up. They beat Kentucky. Yeah, uh, they, I know they. I know they lost to someone, but have they lost to someone in the East? Yeah, I, I can look it up. Um, okay, yeah, look look it up as we move forward. One, one, one other thing is um, South Carolina is two and two in the conference. So, um, so uh, and Rodrigo, from everything I read, see and hear, he seems like just a, a great kid. Um, kind of a kind of Rudy esque type character with the, with the glasses. Very shy, very soft spoken. So, um, hate it for to see a kid like that uh, take the weight of the loss on his shoulders. But um, as we know, who watch that game, there's a lot of other issues Georgia had that day. And it unfortunately yeah. just came down to that kick, right? And in a perfect statement of the of the day we're in now, I love the uh, – it was the 90th anniversary of Sanford Stadium. Uh, so the Georgia football program put out a tweet saying, we're celebrating the 90th anniversary of the beautiful Sanford Stadium. What's your favorite memory? And the South Carolina football program retweeted it with a little smiley face with like the shrugging eyes, you know, saying like, maybe yeah. this one? <laughs> that was, that was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> uh, I retweeted that. 
Uh, Bama and Clemson both roll. Uh, Wisconsin routes Mich- Michigan State. W- Wisconsin has given up 34 points so far this year. Mm, four shutouts. Well, right? four, four shutouts. They are the second. It's the second lowest scoring defense uh, since the national champion Florida State team in, I believe, 93 or 03, or whatever that was. So pretty impressive. They uh, will be in Columbus here in two weeks for a noon kick against the Buckeyes. Um, so we'll, well, let's, let's let's pay attention to Wisconsin here in the next couple of weeks and see what happens with them. Um, Notre Dame, Penn State both survive. Uh, mm. Both teams win, but it was close at the end. Uh, Notre Dame to USC at home and Penn State uh, against Iowa on the road. Baylor remains undefeated. Uh, they hang on to beat Texas Tech in overtime. Uh, Arizona State, Bill. Your Arizona mm. State. Oh. Your Arizona State. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Leach blowing up after that game. Not happy with his team. Uh, completely banned them all from Instagram and Twitter for the rest of the season. Really? We'll, did, we'll see how that, that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. I did, not, I did not see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't say anything about Snapchat, though, so they're all set. They're, they're, all, set. they're all on Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, – uh, yeah, looking ahead for the – just real quick for the Sun Devils, Utah yeah. at Ooh, Utah. That's a tester. Week. Yeah, oh, there's, that's, next, week's, next week's a pretty – That's the whole conference. That's the South right next there. Next week's a pretty good slate. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Todd, let's, let's end with the, the nightcap, which turned out to be a really darn good game. I think Bill even – for, I mean, you, you have a little more allegiance now to one of the programs, uh, you you know, because you live down there. No, I, I he, he proclaimed Florida down a down couple here. years ago. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, but I did. Yeah, I'm I'm all in. I think it I'm was a good in. game to watch. As far as I think Florida kind of really overperformed. I think LSU performed as probably uh, the hype and 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 you know what was expected. I think LSU's running game clearly was not expected to be uh, what it was. Partly because I think Florida came off such a great defensive performance against Auburn. But right. boy, they, you know, if there's one side of the ball that really let me down as a Gator fan, it was our defense. Um, mm. It didn't help that Grenard and Zuniga, our two stalwart defensive ends, which really set the the tone on defense, were out. But Todd, I must have texted you four or five times going like, are our linebackers even playing this game? It didn't seem like David Reese's name was called once. Um, um, you know, just your thoughts on the, on the 42-28 game, which was – Early in the second half, 28-21, I think Florida did everything they had to do up through that play of the game. Mullen was just calling an absolute perfect game on the on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so um, I'll qualify the defensive side of the ball. It's our run defense, I think, is what let us down. We could not could not stop the run. Uh, run running and tackling, the physical part of the defense, the tackling yeah. and the running. <laughs> And what hurt us offensively was we couldn't run the ball. So we couldn't run and we couldn't stop the run. So that's a, a, usually a bad combo. Um, listen, this LSU team is is legit. Um, I was one of the loudest and proudest to kind of bag on Coach O. Um, you know, this who is this clown? <laughs> he sounds like a Muppet. I mean, it's an easy target, right? Probably unfair, but easy. Um, but he's got something going on. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Burrow is, is the real deal. Just cool. He's a cool customer cocky enough that you don't like them but you have to respect them because um doesn't seem to flinch listen this is a game where florida uh, very first of all very proud as a, a florida gator very proud and happy with the way we played overall um there are some disappointing times um but we blinked we could not blink all game and we blinked um and that kind of turned the tide um end of the second quarter uh scoring a touchdown getting the ball in the third quarter scoring a touchdown going up 28 21 we were in the perfect uh, place and, and it kind of unraveled um, after that. So I thought the quarterbacks played well. I thought Mullen um, called a good game. I wish in hindsight, he would have went for it on third and one and instead of trust on the interception, in the end zone, um, I would love to have run it twice and uh, continue the drive. Um, I don't know if you saw Sean, but on that play, um, Cleveland was absolutely tackled and mugged. Yes. <laughs> and, and I know it was away from the ball, but um, it's one of those where you got six, seven refs on the field. You're like, how did no one see that? Um, certainly not the blame, the loss, but unfortunate that some of those calls and, and bounces didn't go our way. But overall, I mean, we got everything in front of us. Um, good performance, just not quite good enough. And maybe we're not there yet. And it takes something like this to, to build on. Um, maybe we can see him again in the SC championship game and, and, and pay him back. You just never yeah, know. You know- Interesting that we didn't knock Joe Burrow down once, not yeah. one time. So his now, uniform he, is clean, right? He he did a really good job, uh, and I don't know if it's his background or his you know obviously coaching under under Ohio State and now uh, LSU, but he seemed to step up in the pocket at exactly the right time, and he stayed in the pocket to throw, or he knew to 
run out. And most times when he would choose to run, he had 14, 18, 20 yards of open field. And just, uh, I mean, how good were we to stay in that game? They ran 46 offensive plays and scored 42 points. I mean, think of that offensive efficiency, right? So for for us to be in the game um, as badly as we played run defense, as badly as we couldn't, you know, get uh, LaMichael P. Ryan to break break a big run. Um, quarterbacks were great. I thought the passing game was great. But we have some holes that we need to work on, um, you know, for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I just – I can't say enough of how impressed I am with Trask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, somebody, someone shared on Twitter some stats with Trevor Lawrence and Kyle, and Kyle Trask's numbers. Knowing yeah. that Kyle Trask has only played four games, uh, his numbers are almost equivalent to Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a hundred yards less, and I think two touchdowns less, and three interceptions less. Um, pretty impressive, and um, you know, I I um, I think Florida. In a, it's hard to say this, but in a fourteen-point loss, I think Florida gained some respect. Yeah. As I think they went into that game, a lot of people saying they're trash and they're not going to be able to compete, and I think they really stood toe to toe for forty-five minutes. So just- yeah, Trask was for his four starts in seventh grade. Uh, nighttime in Baton Rouge, he was awesome, <laughs> and unfortunately, he blinked with that uh, pick in the end yeah. zone, and that hurt us. Bill, Bill, what do you think? Well, let me just really quick, Bill. Uh, uh, I thought Mullen showed his play calling when just the use of uh, Pitts, the tight end, and and the gaps they found with the the matchups with the short cornerbacks and the matchups on anytime there was a wide receiver matchup, it seemed like it was exposed um, by Grimes and Jefferson. Um, mm. Bill, your thoughts? Well, it, uh, for me, it's all Burroughs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that kid is something else. Was it, was it 24 touchdowns coming into this game mm-hmm. in six games, right? Does that sound right? Yep. Yeah. I so mean, good. he's averaging four touchdowns a game. <laughs> and, uh, so that that was – but but then, like you said, maybe they were so focused in on trying to stop him. Maybe that's maybe it was the defensive setup for the week was it's all about the passing game of LSU, which you never think about watching an LSU team. And maybe they didn't focus hard on the run. They were so concerned about Burroughs ripping them up in the secondary. Um, maybe that's what those linebackers were doing, maybe just focusing on other things. I don't know. That's just a layman's look at how does that happen, right? Yeah. Well, we move on. LSU heads up to Starkville uh, to play Mississippi State this week. And Florida, uh, which we'll get to in just a second, is going to go to Columbia. Uh, let's look at week eight, guys, before we who wrap did, up the uh, show. Who did Mississippi State lose to this week? Do you remember, Sean? Tennessee. They lost to Tennessee. Yeah. So trouble in Starkville, right? That's not a not a good Tennessee team. Possibly. And I, you know, I'm taking Ryan down to Starkville uh, mid-November uh, for a college, college visit. Yeah. And I got a text from my host down there with Cole Banker. And she said, uh, she sent me a text last night saying, uh, in the last week, a number of Alabama tickets have come available. Uh, and she said she'll have no problems getting us tickets for that game. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. I just think a lot of the Mississippi State nice. fans maybe are – uh, the, the market isn't as strong maybe as it was a couple weeks ago. Um, will, you, will you have a cowbell? I, I will, yes. Nice. Will nice. Ferrell. You can dress up um, Will Ferrell. <laughs> uh, this week's a pretty good slate of games, guys. Uh, starts off Friday night. Ohio State plays at Northwestern. Uh, one of those weird Fox flex games Friday night. Buckeyes play. Uh, so they'll get one extra night of rest if they after that game for their big Wisconsin showdown. Which they should they should handle Northwestern, but it's always that sketch. You know, Pat Fitzgerald will have his boys ready, uh, and the forty four thousand people in Dyke Stadium will be loud. Um, smallest stadium in the Big Ten. Um, noon kickoff, Todd. Unfortunately for for me and the our buddies that are heading down to Columbia for the game. Ooh, when are you going? Friday or, or I'm going down Wednesday because I'm speaking Wednesday, down there okay. on Thursday. Uh, Trey Rogers coming down on Friday. Jamie Kraminski coming up on Thursday and Mulaney and his daughter, who's going to take a tour of university of South Carolina, uh, will be up for the game noon kick in Columbia. This is a game. I, I, I think it's cliche to call it a trap game, but Carolina coming off a win wants to prove that they belong. And I think that Florida really has everything in front of them. This is a game that we need to keep momentum going. We, we struggled hey. against a very, very good LSU team. Uh, we can get that swagger back against uh, South Carolina early in the day and, and, and be home by, Six o'clock in the Gainesville, right? This is a perfect, perfect scenario for us. Um, if Georgia crushes South Carolina, we may be licking our wounds and feeling sorry for ourselves and be surprised by a South Carolina team. Um, coach, coach has them focused. This, this is a team that beat Georgia at home. We're not going to uh, – best, best case scenario for, for Florida. No, 
no yep. traps are going to be had. I don't think. And we got a week off next week, right? So, um, yep. In between. Yep. Yep. Uh, how about this one, guys? Clemson at Louisville. And I know that seems like a mismatch, but you see how many points Louisville put up against Wake? 62, 62 to 59. 62 59. In, in regulation. I missed that one. Yeah. I missed in that regulation. One. Good grief. Um, <laughs> now, I'm not saying Wake Forest and Clemson are the same team. I'm just saying Louisville scored some points against Notre Dame, and they scored some points against at what was a undefeated Wake Forest team. The offense is going, right? This, yeah. this one could be a fun one to watch. It's in Louisville. Obviously, the, the fans are going to come out there in what used to be called Papa John Stadium. Now it's called Cardinal Stadium. Um, just keep your eye on that one. That's an early game, too. So, uh, you know, you kind of catch a team sleeping coming off the bus. We'll see what happens. Uh, Bill, out west, Oregon and Washington. That's a matchup of top 25 teams with Washington sliding back into number 25. Uh, really, you know, Oregon has to continue to win to have any chance of kind of possibly having some conversation uh but certainly, certainly <laughs> possibly maybe having a kind of sort of slim chance <laughs> of sort of maybe <laughs> thinking about the playoffs is that where yeah, you're going it's slim that? especially with auburn not winning out i mean auburn you know right. uh, they needed to be strong um but pac 10 pac 12 sorry uh oregon controls their own destiny in the north uh, yeah. and so they are obviously trying to get to the playoff in santa clara to get to the rose bowl uh, which is probably their number one goal right now. Um, two that I two that I have starred, guys. I just want to just think about what I'm saying here. Eyes on Minnesota at Rutgers and Baylor at Oklahoma State. I was uh, I was going to bring it up. Minnesota six and zero, beat Nebraska thirty four seven this last thirty four seven. And Todd, listen to this. They play Rutgers and yeah. Maryland, and then they welcome Penn State, who could oh. be undefeated uh, in three weeks. I just mark it down if. If that happens, I, I expect to see Curb Herb Street and the, and the guys in a cold mm-hmm. Minnesota uh, for game day and the Gophers, uh, eight and zero. Oh, if you can believe that might happen, going for an elite hey. start, right? Row the boat, Todd. Row the boat, Todd. Just just in case, I, I knew a guy who potentially put a lot of money on the over under for wins this year for Minnesota. The over under was seven and a half. Ooh, so he's feeling really oh my good. God, yeah, have that well, who, who do they have after Penn State though? Uh, Wisconsin. That's and I believe they still have Iowa. So yeah, they got. So he's got to be these next seven. two weeks or yeah, everything. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a nervy game when he goes to Iowa. He could very well be seven and yeah. seven and two. Let's right? see it. Let's see if the uh, Paul Bunyan's axe, right? That game against Wisconsin at the end of the <laughs> season right. is a is always a fun one. Um, Arizona State Utah Bills you talked about, and then the nightcap, uh, all eyes on Happy Valley, uh, Michigan at Penn State, and I believe that mm. is where game day is going. Uh, yep, is Happy that is Valley, correct. Right. Yep. Um, so kind of a put up or shut up for Michigan, uh, Penn state, you know, obviously still has Ohio state and Michigan state, but Michigan state looks like they clearly don't have what, what they need to do to compete, uh, in the conference. Um, so I don't know, other than our game ties or any games on that slate, we just talked about that will hold your attention. Oh man. Put me on the spot. Um, uh, just really quickly, um, I think you covered most of them. I'm going yeah. Baylor, Okie State. Baylor's going into Okie State, and Okie State's got a three-point favorite against an undefeated yeah. Baylor team. That's pretty. They can score some points. I think. Yeah. yeah wow. I, I think Baylor's just a balanced team right now. They're not dominant on either side of the ball. Um, they've given up a lot of points. They've scored some points. Uh, right. Oklahoma State's one of those teams with Gundy as coach. Um, you know, they're men. They're 34. Guess the <laughs> uh, guess the Alabama spread. Well, Alabama just Tennessee. Looked at it. I just looked uh, at it. Sean's good at this. 36, close. Wow. 34 and a half. That's right uh, on. Man. You're on. I'll, I'll give you. Sean, you're amazing. Yeah, you're is. amazing with that. <laughs> I, I, for, yeah. for someone that doesn't gamble, I I am sometimes pretty good at picking okay, this spread. I know I'm going to stump you on this one. All right. University Louisiana Monroe against Appalachian State. App State's undefeated. Um, yeah, where's so, that game at? Well, it's the spread. Uh, App, State. App State. So seven, seven and a half. Um, I'll say uh, 11. 14 and a half. There goes Sean again. Yeah. He's within three every time. Let's, let's let's play one more one more before we, we hang up with Sean. How about how about Boise State? 14th ranked Boise State going into they BYU. Go into BYU. They go into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's got a little background for us. I like it. He's got his all yeah. stuff. Um, I'm going to say Boise State is a four-point favorite. Six and a half. Six and a half. Look at you. You you are good. All right. Okay, finally. One, I, I got to do one. Western, okay, here it is. Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, John. Who... <laughs> <laughs> Who is favored and by how much? Is it in Ypsilanti oh, or is it in Kalamazoo? 
Uh, great <laughs> question. I guess it's in um, the bottom team, the bottom Eastern. Team. So Ypsilanti, I guess <laughs> it's in Ypsilanti. Uh, the Broncos coming off a big win last week over Bowling Green. Uh, I will say, be favored. I'll say the Broncos are six, nine, nine. He's within three. Yeah. He's within. Okay. Last one. Tulsa heading to 21 rank Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati's playing Bearcats. good. Uh, Tulsa can score some points. I will say Bearcats. Ten and a half. Seven and a half. Oh, we found one. They are 17 point Holy favorites. Holy moly, really? <laughs> Go get some money on that Boy, for right Nationals now, Todd. are opening up a can of whoop-ass <laughs> right now. On right. Two, two more, Sean. Um, <laughs> to, Tulane, Memphis. Ooh, Memphis uh, gave one up against uh, Temple last week. Uh, that a lot of people thought they were going to win. Uh, Tulane scored some points, though. Tulane is a is a good team. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go over under on that one. Is 62 not available yet? Oh, uh, well, what's the I'll spread? Say, uh, at Memphis. Yes, sir. Memphis plus five. Four and a half. I'm done. Boy, he's, he's <laughs> I was gonna do the East Carolina UCF, but that's minus 33 and a half. That was a that was a trap. He only, he only missed. Yeah, one. he only trap, missed so. one. Yeah, that's amazing. Every week we'll do this. Yeah, so. it should be fun. I, I I won't look. Yes. So hey, um, right. uh, Todd, what do you got coming up this week, buddy? Oh, Sean, we opened our training center this week uh, we, oh, cool. we ha- in our office. Um, we have a training center. So uh, there's two parts to it. There's actually a lab where you can come in and, um, you know, see the working um, the, the access control uh, in action. So so we have doors with appropriate hardware on there, different different uh I mean, I can I can put a key in a lock. I'm just. <laughs> if kidding. it was only that easy, Bill. If it was only that easy, yeah. So yeah, access um, control. You meet. You're talking cards uh, and retina and all kinds. of Amazing. Stuff, right? Yeah, we. Uh, yeah. Uh, motion control, uh, motion sensors. Yeah, yeah good stuff. So awesome. that, and we have a classroom also. So we we started uh, classes. We have um, classes uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday um, starting this week. So every couple months, we're gonna have uh, uh, classes where people can come in. Um, you know, learn everything from, as Bill says, here's a lock and a key to uh, wiring, wiring diagrams, to uh, to um, access control, to soup to nuts, how to conduct a keying meeting. So anyway, good stuff um, as far as that goes. So that's that's what's exciting uh, in my end. Uh, Bill, what about you? Let's see. This week on the Real Estate Sessions, episode 209, it is Joe Lo Cicero of 54 Realty. He's a local agent here in Wesley Chapel, Pasco County area, Sean. Doing some amazing things. Opened his own brokerage. Created a site called bringalloffers.com where he's actually helping his consumers go over the iBuyer offers with him, you know, in connection. We've talked about this before. I think that's the way that realtors are going to make the iBuyer program work for them is how can you then, you know, offer that up as a possible solution for your customer. Yeah. Maybe they do need to sell quickly at a steep discount. They're good for it. And, and they, that's how they want to go. Then you should help them, right? Um, and the good news is uh, OfferPad and Open Door both participate and offer a 1% you know, commission to, the, to you if you bring your seller to them. So looks for some people that's the way they have to go. Yeah, well, but for the vast majority, fortunately, they're going to do it traditionally and you know go for the most value. Little shift that, and, that and, and kudos again to yeah. your your conversation on, with Eddie Birnbaum last week. Just it's so much fun. Uh, really couldn't even tell it was I mean, fifty four minutes except because you told me it was long. Um, but oh his storytelling he he's fantastic. hilarious, yeah. right? His his talk on the Steelers it is my favorite answer of all. <laughs> so now, now I have the answer to the question. What's your favorite answer to a question, Todd? Did you hear what he said about the Steelers? Uh, I think we because he we grew- talked about it. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, Eastern Pennsylvania kid. And he just he flat out said, you know, well I can show you the path to thirteen and three, but that would take an hour, <laughs> and that's the start of it. And I just Dead I, pan, I, right? I, 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 and the, and the way he amazing. said, you know, his biggest concern is how they're going to just casually get rid of Ben Roethlisberger for Mason Rudolph after he leads him to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's exactly right exactly you know it was hilarious <laughs> he's he and his story i mean i didn't realize that he he's traveled the world like that i mean yeah. he's he this, this kid's been everywhere so i say kid um he, he's a lot of fun so but in this i think you'll like how did the uh, cicero uh, get 50 what's 54 is that your par- the the latitude or something like that or no so i i, I do ask that question okay. uh, there is an area in the uh in Pasco, Southern Pasco County, which is just sits on top of Pinellas mm-hmm. and Hillsboro, right? Um, and the Highway 54 is a development area where they are building massive amounts of homes, residential, retail, commercial. It's just exploding. And he and his wife moved up to that area in 2009, knew this was coming, 
and had they they had the realty or I'm sorry team 54 with a Remax operation and decided to branch out on their own so that 54 is the name of the highway what's up nice. what's above is, is Hernando above that then Hernando's that's where I was in Brooksville yeah yeah, one more. Up. Hernando yeah. County. Yeah. Interesting. And then, Bill, are you local mm -hmm. this week or are you down south? No. I, I leave tomorrow morning for Lee County for two days and I head to Orlando for a Thursday and Friday. Ooh, so okay. busy, busy, busy. Yes, good. On rack, the road. Rack up the yep. points. Got a boy. Yep. Good. Well, guys, for me, I get I get to teach one of my favorite classes tomorrow here locally for our Cobalt Banker, King Thompson. My getting in tune with your audience, what real estate rock stars can learn from real rock stars. Uh, it is. Do you open with the uh, who? Getting in tune? See things yeah, is that the original uh, title? Todd was pick up your guitar and play. There you um, go. And then I changed it to getting in tune with your audience. But it, uh, it it is a fun one that I just really take a tour de force of of the history of rock and roll and how it overlays with real estate and how individual singers or small bands, large bands, how our industry now is is rife with all of those uh, solo performers, small teams, large teams. Uh, we talk about the six strings of a guitar and how relates to real estate we talk about stage performance and confidence and collaboration do do keith and mick can come up or is that just that was, that was, uh, carps corner this they week? are in it but uh carps more corner. so because of more, more so because of the uh i do a whole section on building your band uh and how you are the lead singer of your band and i talk about lead singers who have signature moves like chuck berry's duck walk and mick jagger's swagger and elvis's hip shake and the the signature do you actually move. do these? Do you, do you do these moves? No, I just have gifts, I have gifts <laughs> in my presentation, but I at I the about, at the happy hour after he might be known. I talk about this. Uh, I was say. <laughs> the signature move of all signature moves in music is what? Wait. Um, the, the, the greatest like, signature. The who? The who? The who? The who? The who? The windmill. The guitar. The windmill's in there. That's among. Okay, the, there's that's, something. That's something. The first something four. bigger than that. Yes. In, in rock and roll. The four that I lead with. Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar with his teeth. In music. And not, I would oh. Elvis, Elvis hip sway, right? Elvis, Elvis yeah. hip shake, Jagger swagger. You know, when Beatles, he does the Beatles going yeah. who and shaking their head. No, no. sorry. As yeah. soon as I say it, you'll no. say, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, the give us a year. The, give the us a walk. time frame. Oh, oh, sure. You said rock Jack, and roll. That's, I said, said music. Roll, I said yeah. music. Okay. okay. Uh, you switched it on. Okay. Yeah. Right. If you just said, think King of Pop, we'd have got it. But it's, it's a good class. And then I head, to, I head south, guys. I, I drive to South Carolina on Wednesday, uh, wow. being part of the NAR Tech Edge with Bill Lublin, Jeremy Blanton, um, Brad Allen, I believe is his name, uh, in South okay. Carolina. Uh, Say hi to, say hi to Lublin. Give him a hug. I will. And then, uh, and then I'll hang around there uh, watching the Gators play. So Todd will throw you a message. Joe Esty is going to host us at his tailgate party. Good. And, uh, should be a lot of fun. So Hippie girl. Uh, hippie girl, right? Yeah. Yep, guys, we will um, we will look forward to chatting. What, late. what the hell does that mean? Not going to tell me, are you? Yeah, sure. He's a, he, he, on he, wait till we're done. He had a band. Wait till we're done recording. He had a band called Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. That was one of the very, songs. Very. Uh, he, you know, Hooting the Blowfish and and Cup of Joe were both from South Carolina, and so he used to share some music and and you know uh, jam session a lot with Darius and the guys. And um, uh, Hippie Girl is one of my favorite songs of of his. Is, is uh on his one of his eps see it's innocent bill oh. it's innocent oh. <laughs> yeah. all right so. hey in, in my best ed ogeron voice ready go nats <laughs> yeah okay. right awesome. <laughs> currently up four nothing in the <laughs> top of the world blah, 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 blah. So, that's where opposing teams dreams come to die <laughs> go tigers he's actually growing on me if you can believe that so yep. that's well, awesome. we'll see what happens. Cool. Big, big game against Alabama in Baton Rouge. And then remember, they still have to play Auburn and they still have to play AM. So uh, their schedule is not, not a given, but they are uh, making believers out. A lot of people around the country, they moved up to number two in a lot of the rankings, pushed Clemson and Ohio State down with Ohio State having the bye week. So um, see what happens. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin is obviously going to shake out a lot of action, but uh, both those teams are in good positions because they could face each other in the Big Ten championship game to avenge a loss either way. So uh, on behalf of T Bill and Todd, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the stare down this week.